0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. We're still alive. Uh, We did it. We're doing an episode. Contrary to
1: popular opinion or desire, we're still alive.
0: And this episode is, okay, let's make a pact. This episode we're going to publish, it's going to go live. It's going to go
1: live no matter what happens.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about anything too Unless
1: you say something, you use those words exactly. that you use, that you I can't know. use. I yeah.
0: bad guy. <laughs> uh, so my name is Elliot Morgan, this is Peter Rollins. We do a yeah. podcast called The Fundamentalists, where we explore the possibility of life before death. I do internet and stand-up comedy, or at least when uh, stand-up comedy was a thing, I used to do it. Uh, and this is Peter Rollins, he's a uh, philosopher, theologian, from, and a writer, and a public speaker from Belfast. Uh, and we are good friends, we lived together for a couple years, we love doing this podcast, we love talking about things that are happening in the world, but sometimes too many things happen in the world at once. And then we did one episode, a couple episodes, oh, yeah. I think. Didn't feel, uh, didn't feel like they were, were what we wanted. So we decided not, not to- Not worthy
1: uh, of the audience. Exactly. I mean, to be honest, like I have more respect for our audience than you do. I think you would put any wool shit out, but I have respect for the people who listen to this. That's and true. I'm like, listen, we gotta if it's not up to scratch, we shouldn't do it. Hmm. Whereas you say, these people are so idiotic, they wouldn't know if it was bad. No, I to think- quote, no, to quote, <laughs> right out of the gate. We're having to add to
0: this. This one's not going up. Uh, that's not true. I think my, my philosophy, for lack of a better uh, yeah. term, no pun intended, is to, I believe you put it all out there mm-hmm. and you trust That the audience is going to be cool with things. However, we are living, I would say, objectively in an era where people are a little bit more sensitive. And as such, I think we can be a little bit more timid in how we approach things. I think that's justifiable.
1: I remember back early on, like when we talked about doing a podcast, because I come from the world of where you do less, but you try to make sure everything you say kind of like is, is thought through and has been researched. And then on the other extreme, there's podcasts where you put out loads of podcasts in a year and some of them will be good and some of them won't be. And we're trying to find the mix between those two. So at first I was like, we can't put anything out that we don't feel was really strong. But actually with podcasts, the point is, you just put out lots of them, and sometimes there will be a really good one, sometimes it'll be the bad one, yes. most of the time they'll be all right. Is My that the image philosophy? of people
0: listening to this podcast, and please let us know um, if you're watching if the video in the comments, yeah, please God let us yeah. know, but <laughs> what your routine is, because I imagine if I listen to podcasts, mm. I'm doing it either like on a plane or I'm on... You're not taking uh, notes. Exactly. I'm just like I'm in the back. It's in the background. I'm listening. So if something is said that's wrong, I don't necessarily mind so much. But we also want to do a good job.
1: We want to do a good job. You want? You're very less concerned about the wrong thing. I gotta say. I'm. But I'm more concerned about the incorrect thing. Like that, we don't say anything that's kind of like not thought through. But you know, you're
0: very good. I think at explaining your positions um, in a way that is like in depth where it's nuanced and I think if you feel like you're not doing that it's a little bit scarier whereas yeah. I could, I don't care I'm just yeah. sort of like this is which this
1: is, this is kind this of this is. symptomatic of the fact if you're watching this that he's drinking mimosa and I'm drinking coffee I think that says something. But why is that? Well, that's because I actually, that's because I had a few moments before you arrived Uh and gave you the last one and thought I should have a coffee to kind of try to (laughs) get back in the game. Calm down. You need to calm down. (laughs) Uh,
0: So this uh, episode is basically, yeah, we're just going to talk about the podcast a little bit, kind of do a reset, um, say hi to you guys give maybe some cursory thoughts on how everything is going. I hope you guys are doing well. I yeah. hope you're if you're listening to this that you are uh, you know hold it hanging in there. But um I also don't want to get too hung up on this sort of like overly saccharine sentimentality no, that I'm seeing right now. <laughs>
1: you're in you're in the YouTube world where everyone's a little bit
0: it's a little sugary sweet. Yeah. It's a little like people are scared and you have to do this sort of <laughs> yeah and we've we talked about this in an episode that didn't go live because we did a whole episode on sort of some privilege some of the BLM stuff and I think that uh, yeah it was we, actually a
1: good episode like there was nothing wrong with it no, I just no, thought no. we could
0: do better we could do better and then we Maybe will we should put it out yeah
1: like do better as in, like yeah anyway we'll, we'll
0: figure, figure it out because we're going to talk about that let's talk about we'll we'll talk about what our plan is in a second and, and you guys can let us know what you think about this but I think it's a pretty good idea mm. uh, pretty crazy idea so anyway um we did, this, yeah, we did this thing and in that we talked about how you kind of have to, there's a code that you kind of have to speak with a lot of these things right now where you have to, to say the right things, do the, kind of prove a little bit like that you are on the sort of one camp. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We have a whole episode on the idea of the shibboleth we did forever ago, um, which I don't remember what that episode's called. It's one of a double-edged sword yeah. about how we title our... Our, uh, yes, our episode. <laughs> Maybe and we should just call it Shibboleth. Yeah, because it was yeah, probably yeah. something like. And
1: the public, which was more recent, was also on this similar. Oh, the vibe. public, yeah, the and public that was term. actually.
0: I felt like that was such a good one to go out or not go out, but take a, an intermission on because yeah. it seemed to be like proven more it seemed to actually gain relevancy after we it did after released we it. did it yeah and the, the one know, that a didn't go away for the world the but it's, yeah. it was a good thing for us
1: yeah the one that didn't go away there was was called sex with ducks because you had a prolonged analogy that involved sex with ducks but that isn't out in the world but it was uh, but i remember you did get carried away with that analogy what was, was the, the analogy i think it was if someone was having sex with ducks then how would you respond? And I can't remember exactly what the analogy was. I just remember it. In it's perfect. Whatever box. it is,
0: I need. I don't need to hear <laughs> anything else. <There's laughs> yeah. a, it sounds brilliant.
1: Yeah, it was. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah.
0: how's your life going, Pete? How are you doing? Yeah, it's good. It's been nice. I mean, it's it's. You've had a few, a couple of mimosas Friday morning.
1: Yeah. So that's that's a good start to the day. You, yeah. uh, were you aware? Are you aware of the days? Yeah, very loosely. You know, one day bleeds into the other. I'm just very much. I get up in the morning, read a bit.
0: But you haven't lost track. Like you know, every day
1: still what day it is. Pretty much, not not like all the time, but
0: yeah. Isn't it funny, man? You just, I mean, you're up here, you do your thing. I'm where I am, doing my thing. We do our things. And then, but we're so, I was talking about this uh, with someone recently, how there's just like, everything's happening in a vacuum. So mm-hmm. like, I'm, I just became an uncle, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. But that's one example. Um, there's all of these sort of life things that are happening, but they're, they all seem to be happening in isolation because they are. And it makes it seem not real. It makes everything feel very surreal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for LA, which is such a social city and nobody's, being social, mm-hmm. I know some people who, who are extroverts who I know are really struggling with that. Um,
0: I took a, this is whatever, I took a, the Myers-Briggs test again. I always like to take that. Mm-hmm. I got an E, whatever, the, word, the letter E was in it for extrovert. hmm I don't know what that's about. I think I've just been trapped for too long. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so that's right. It's actually I,
1: changed your personality. Yeah, when I was yeah, in the, yeah. I
0: for sure has. Do you think, have you, you haven't changed your personality one lickety split, have you?
1: No, it just fits very neatly with who I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so
0: perfect. The apocalypse yeah. fits perfectly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that, although I do love being around people, I, and I love going out and doing events and all of that, meeting people, I my tendency is to more look forward to not going out. Even yeah. if I haven't gone out for two months, I'll still more. I'll have to psych myself up to go out, but if I'm staying in, I'm kind of I don't have to psych myself up. Yeah. So that's kind of that's just natural for me.
0: That's nice. And I think as
1: I get older, it's even more like that. You know, well, which so, isn't good necessarily, but it's just the way it is.
0: You're just settling in. Yeah. You're just settling into life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing. You're comfortable in your own skin. You got your thing going. You're good. Uh, You also don't spend as much time on Twitter and like social media as I do, which probably helps your mental health. Um, (laughs) So you're at home. I'm at home. Why haven't we done a podcast?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? We had a conversation about that. My theory was because something's not working because
0: we are not working.
1: We are not working. My theory was something
0: is us. Yes. We don't. We're not working enough.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like <laughs> but there's literary. something between there was something that just wasn't fitting that just meant that we kind of wanted to do it but never like wanted to do it. So we had a conversation yesterday and we started to try and work that stuff out and go like, right, what is it? Because we both want to do this. We both believe in it, but we hadn't done it for like about two months, three months more, you know. Yeah, what's your theory on it?
0: What's your uh because we have differing thoughts yeah. a little.
1: Yes, just a little, but i I think complimentary. you know when i when we talked about meeting, I was like, I didn't know exactly, but I felt like we needed a mission that we both one hundred percent were excited about. Mm. like a mutual mission of like the thing that whenever the two of us are are interconnecting at our best, we go like that we we believe in this, yeah, and I think we just needed to talk through that to get like a kind of. What, what the fundamentalist is, what we're trying to achieve with it um, in a way that kind of excites both of us.
0: Um, um, well, and we were, you know, I did bring over a pretty copious amount of... Uh, uh, marijuana yeah. when we had that discussion yeah, so yeah. do you do you remember if we reached a <laughs> what is your I was like, that's a mission yeah that sounds cool man That sounds awesome it'd be awesome if we had that what did I what did I say
1: <laughs> well we're doing it. we're doing today so yeah. it must have worked yeah
0: <laughs> do, but we didn't really hammer down a mission statement we just no. both agreed that we like doing this <laughs> that's yeah. where we left yeah.
1: off. Yes, that's. I think that was the the core of it. We talked about how I, what each of us wanted to bring to it, and we go like, right. We talked about the dials. Remember the dials? Yeah, the dials. I remember the, the dials. dials. Yeah, yeah.
0: Plato's dials. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, no, I got zingers. I'm reading a book right now. That's that's my. Uh, my yeah, big contribution. Yeah. First
1: time for everything, Mike. Your you, it mom feels would be way. proud. Yeah. Every <laughs> time I
0: read a book, I'm like, look at me. I can't believe yeah. me. It's but, like
1: Jez reading Mr. Nice. It's
0: hundred percent like that. No, it's Jez going uh, at the <laughs> bookstore talking about the baseball. Oh oh yes, yeah, bit baseball man. It's mom. a book about baseball. What's it about? <laughs> What's it called? Baseball man. Uh <laughs> one of the best. So uh well, we're Okay, so yeah, mission statement. We have this whole thing going. Oh, yeah, but you're reading. Oh, oh the dials. dials, the
1: dials. So the dials basically where there's two dials. One is kind of purely intellectual content, and one is kind of personal anecdotal content. Yes. And my dial is like I said 80% kind of like ideas based, 20% personal or anecdotal. Yes. And Which is very adorable that you think that's what the. Yeah, because you said it was 93%. I was like, you think you can
0: give 20% personal? <laughs> I feel like a dentist when, we're taught, when I'm trying to get you to tell personal to stories. To say anything like personal,
1: I'm, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I got shit from some friends. Whenever you know, you talked about when I got the knife attack, and my friends were like, oh, you know, that was boring. Like, don't bother with the, with the personal stuff.
0: I mean, I guess, yeah, stay in yeah. your lane. <laughs> and if there's one thing we know, it's always listen to your friends. Always, yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Well, then I said you were eighty percent the other way. You know, you bring in the anecdotal life stuff, mm-hmm. personal stuff, and then twenty percent the ideas. Five um, percent sex appeal. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And that was like, I think that's what really works. But there's there's kind of like we both. But then you were saying you were you felt the dials. My dials were wrong. I, said I like eighty the, twenty. I think the
0: idea of it is fine. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think whatever the complimentary whatever is, because I think whatever but, but the exact you, percentages is I don't know
1: but you are without saying what's going to happen so I don't that you can't say what's going to happen but you are definitely becoming more interested in kind of like looking more deeply into yes certain
0: ideas thank you for being opaque about it yeah. and I will continue to be opaque about yeah. it more on that later but yes I'm de- I'm going into getting interested more in this kind of stuff and it's very exciting Pete I got to tell you it's yeah. I'm having a great time with it preliminarily isn't really it's not really a thing yet but i'm excited um, so that part is good so we're going to be both having more to talk about soon which is great um, the mission the mission here's what i think it is yeah. i think at this at best this podcast has to be an ever present weekly thing because i think with the way The world is currently going. I think we might be able to do something good in it and offer something good.
1: Get rich off the collapse of
0: the society. At the collapse of society, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I told you about last. The whole. We won't get into that now. Um, Which is it's crazy how people are really smart about profiting off of this whole thing. Did you read that article that was like a journalist who just kept calling us billionaire uh, all throughout the pandemic and like at like just basically being like. You can remain anonymous, but I'm going to keep asking you questions. And the whole time, he's just like, "It's fine. I don't care. It's fine. Everything's fine. Doesn't matter." I didn't hear about this. It's a really interesting article. Um, they don't name who the billionaire is. Oh, but oh,
1: I saw, I saw this mention social media, but I didn't read the article. I just yeah. saw the title "Anonymous Billionaire," but I didn't don't know anything about it. It's super no.
0: interesting. But um, anyway. Yeah. All that said, I think we just have to get out of our own way a little bit because I know me personally, and we talked about this the other day, I feel a little bit paranoid just in general. I mean, everyone is kind of on eggshells right now. Um, And even just the entire industry of YouTube seems to be in flux. Seems to be a mass exodus happening from a lot of old creators. Um, And it's kind of inspiring to see and also kind of, you know, uh, heavy. It's just heavy to to Mm -hmm. experience. But um, yeah, it's also like it goes back to the kind of isolation thing of just being like, there's this caginess I feel about being too open about my thoughts because I don't know if other people are experiencing this, but like the the, uh, change from going to having a public life to being really isolated, I think has resulted in me being very like, I don't even talk on social media very much. Mm -hmm. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. And this isn't stuff that's necessarily changed a ton, but it got like cemented, I think, over the past couple months. And so when we get together and we're like, we're going to talk about this and this and this and all these ideas, there's a little bit of like, I, a little, just insecurity, I okay, think, just yeah. a little bit of fear and
1: and laziness and all that. Yeah. But, um, and wheat doesn't contribute to paranoia or laziness. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. At least that's two things that have been scientifically proved. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is like that. And it is also, though, like, whatever. I'll do, I'll do. This is a period of time where I'm like, Green light everything. Oh, yeah. Do whatever you want. Let's just get through this. Um, so I think the mission statement is, or the mission of the podcast yeah. is to humanize um, big ideas in a way that makes them palatable for people.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's uh, well said, yeah. yeah. Pull it that out of my butt. Yeah, well, nice, yeah. Because um, you know, what, what our thing is about life before death and all of that. Um, that. That fits very neatly with my work in general. That's why this is so important to me. It's like, you know, I'm doing my own stuff, Kind of doing the seminars and books, whatever, and then this this is about bringing these ideas in a more conversational way. Yeah, ideas that might help people. It's also be able like to live better.
0: I've gotten know? to do you as well, but I've gotten to do a bunch of cool stuff throughout my quote unquote career. I've gotten mm. a lot of cool opportunities, but whenever people come up to me or tweet at us or compliment me specifically about this podcast i get more excited than any other uh thing which i think is yeah. a good sign i mean there's definitely that just means that i'm excited to keep doing it but i want it to be better and more consistent and you know
1: yeah
0: tell your friends about it i guess is what we're saying but uh um, <laughs> yeah so here's so, my oh yeah
1: okay yeah i was going to say i think you're going to say what i was going to say i think the plan the plan exactly yeah. the plan the well thought out plan from the the business meeting we had the business meeting that we both remember the summit that
0: we had a lot of giggling Mm -hmm. Um, which you gotta do you know it's just nice to have fun I think we're me and Joe and Steve are gonna socially distant hang soon for the first time and however many months and that'll be nice too because it's like you gotta do that otherwise because all we're doing is seeing each other in order to make content which we didn't want to do i didn't want to like that was the other thing too was like i just want to go hang out with you and then in the back of my mind i think both of us have this like sense of guilt of like we should be doing the podcast yeah so here's my plan to alleviate that yeah we do the morning routine experiment this is going to be easier Mm -hmm. for you than it is for me monday through friday or monday through thursday four to five days a week 10 a.m., I'll be at my place, you're at your place. or I'll This is never going to happen. Cool. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Listen, it's going to happen three times. Right. We do it for two weeks. I know, okay. it is. Is it does sound like it's never going to happen, yeah. but that's why you say it, and yeah. then you promise it, and then if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Every day, we do a podcast, 40 minutes. If we like it, we like it. If we don't, we don't. I come up with a con uh, a subject one day. You come up with a subject, or maybe we do week by week, depending if we can actually get the ball rolling on this. That's how we do it. That's how we we uh, guarantee that we end up doing this. Is what is I will take the first week of subjects. Right. Of uh, oh the first
1: week though, so five. You'll you'll come up with five subjects. Let's just say four. Okay, four. Um, Let's just (laughs) short week. Let's not
0: bullshit. Bullshit. You know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But then you do the second week. Even if we get through two weeks, we're going to have eight to 10 episodes, which is more than we've done in the past three months.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, I like that because I don't have to think about it for a week. You'll literally bring the concepts. We'll talk. Then a week, I'll bring the concepts. We'll talk. Um, yep. that, yeah, that's, that's good. Only thing is, I wonder if our concepts are going to be di- weighted differently. So actually one, 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 one will actually feel better.
0: It might, but uh, uh, yeah, we could do that. I also think that um, either one works. I mean, if we have, because I'm thinking if we get them all under our belt, then we're good. Then we can pick and choose and schedule. Very good,
1: very good. Yeah, so that's cool. Have you got any thoughts about the kinds of things you want to...
0: I think we need to go more current, man. I think we got to go way more current because I think that's just what people... Or I think it's what everyone's interested in, myself included. Like, I think the there's a uh, I could be wrong, but I get less interested in our subject matter when the world is actually more interesting than the, the philosophy stuff. When this podcast, I think, was like a weekly, like we're killing it. It's every week. I think it was a much calmer era, and so it was very enjoyable to kind of dive into like the deeper stuff and be like, "What about this? Have you thought about this this way?" But now I feel like the the scales have shifted. Does yeah. that make sense? What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right, as in you should do that, and then, okay. but then you're probably going to be the more contemporary person, and I'll probably be more of the kind of like, what's an idea that's been around for hundreds or thousands of years, developed over time, but that can help us make sense of the world, and that's what's going to be good about this. So you might bring a topic like, you know, in terms of, uh, say, uh, kind of protest, or something mm-hmm, for as an mm-hmm, idea mm-hmm. and i might bring a concept like myth what is myth mm-hmm. and they're very very different you know protest is about literally what are, what's happening at the moment myth is about what is you know these stories that are told across the world for thousands of years in different types of ways what it, what, what actually is a myth mm-hmm. and um but between manifestation and the collectively
0: unconscious archetype, Pete. Gosh. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, the reason why I was doing it is because I've been reading Levi Strauss at the moment because of Samba- Jung, uh, which we both have. You know, which you have converted. an interest in. So, and I have an interest in, but you have gotten. Uh, you know, I'm getting real interested. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, we got to do a whole. We got to do a whole episode on this. This red book, man. So, oh, yeah. y'all listen to this. <laughs> I didn't
1: know. It. It I love b- that you came in the other day and you were like. We got to talk about the Red Buck. You were like, (laughs) you know, Jung was a bit crazy sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know he'd lost his mind. I didn't know he went bat shit crazy. Yeah, like for a lot of years, he disappeared off the scene. The whole Freud thing, I think, took it out of him, like their break. And he he did kind of maybe have a psychotic break. Mm -hmm. But he definitely, uh, you know. Because he was heartbroken.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think he was in love with Freud? Do you think Jung was in love?
1: Oh, I think, well, I think that for sure... Jung and Freud, like he knew that there was this was th- one of the big movements of the 20th century, and whenever that relationship started to break, definitely I would say he was he was deeply affected by it. Okay,
0: but you don't think it was like a romantic? I don't think so. I wouldn't have. Thought. I um, never.
1: I never thought that before, but maybe.
0: But. I just read something like that somewhere that kind of hinted that maybe there was some kind of uh, maybe it was like a you know one of those. Animated YouTube videos, you know that ah, right. shows oh. all the things, but I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, that
1: could be the case. I don't know much about the biography of Jung, so
0: yeah. Know. But anyway, yeah, myth, I see what you're saying between the myth and the protest thing, because yeah, the myth stuff is very interesting and how both are still relevant to today's stuff. Because yeah, they but are, they're very
1: different. But then people yeah. will make connections that we don't even imagine. But if we're putting out this contemporary and then kind of like a historical, and then mm-hmm. uh, eventually the connections will. Will happen, and uh, I think that would be very cool.
0: Yeah, like uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing what I'm figuring out. What I'm kind of baffled by, besides the Red Book by Jung, by the way, which just to give a,
1: quick, because oh, yeah. I kind of yeah.
0: teased that. Essentially, Jung went off, disappeared for a while. Uh, Carl Jung f- was f- friends with Freud. Freud was like, "There's a conscious and an unconscious," and Jung was like, "I got one more for you." And Freud was like, mm, "That's some mystical bullcrap. I don't believe that." And then Jung was like, "No, for real. Like you can see it all throughout myths and all throughout." religions all throughout the world that these archetypes sort of manifest. And Freud was like, you sound like a weirdo. And then Jung was like, well, whatever. And he went away. And then Jung, (laughs) uh, while he went away, was like scribbling in this red book of his and was trying to basically um, document his journey into his own unconscious and trying to find his unconscious dreams and and experiences that seemed somewhat supernatural and kind of horrific, kind of terrifying a little bit. Some of the stories about like he would uh, turn over in bed and see a woman and with only half a face staring at him, which is just horror movie type stuff. Uh, and he wrote all these stories down. and he never wanted it published because he said that if it was published, people would think he was crazy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then in two thousand nine, it got published. So it blows my mind first of all, there's something that recent that is in sort of this whole world. I didn't I've never heard of the red book. I can't wait to read it. It sounds terrifying. I haven't read it yet. Um, but I'm very interested in it. It sounds like a weird. Dark horror-themed diary.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. So, uh, yeah, there, it's actually I was producing a music video recently and had the red book in in the music video. I mean, Pete, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just sitting there. It was so. just sitting there. Yeah. Well, actually, he
0: he flicks through it. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. And then he gets shivers. But yeah, it's yeah. very fascinating. So. Yeah. Subject-wise, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about like that, yeah. but the myth stuff, man, that's so
1: cool, yeah. all that yeah. stuff, and then also you're just we could be, this, we could be call me daddy. You know, do you know the call me daddy controversy? These mm. two these no. two girls who had a, a podcast is absolutely massive, but then they went in different ideological directions. It's so fascinating because it's so not the type of podcast you or I would ever listen to. But the drama is so interesting. What
0: happened? What's the
1: so? Well, they they fell out over a whole pile of things. But partly it was contracts and money because it became a very successful contract. And um, then the whole well, we thing. Don't fell apart. That, we don't have to worry about right? that. You don't have to worry about that. But um, but but there could be a split with you being in the Jung and me not. It's like this could be this. But that no, but it'll be really good for us. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, this could be what makes us like blew up. It could be what gets
0: us those big contracts. Yeah,
1: the big contracts That can finally a, really tear of, us apart. Kind of semi-popular I mean, philosophy podcast yeah. world, yeah.
0: Then when we get really <laughs> successful and we break apart because of the money involved, we yeah. get to be smart asses and be like it's because he's a Jung, he's a union and yeah. pizza friend. <laughs> we can blame it on that. But anyway, yeah. so they got uh, they got upset about money. They got to
1: although and it's difficult but I, I wish I could remember the, the the names of the two women but the one who's still doing it did. She's. They're both very, uh, very good communicators. Very compelling. And the woman who told her story. Um she did it very well, so I'll have to send you the link. Please it's do. fascinating. It's very, very good. But they but I was going like with, with with you know, what'll happen is it won't be about the money or the contracts, it'll be about the red book yes. that we will
0: um fall out over. I can't wait. Yeah. The thing is I can't imagine caring enough about any of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess no, I think
1: that's good about both of us. Yeah. So. I, I,
0: I would I will I mean maybe I could get really into it and buy it lock stock and barrel and be like a disciple but um well it's it's
1: interesting because it's literally as you said it's it's his kind of like recordings and reflections on his inner fantasy and dream life. Yeah. So it's it which is what psychoanalysis does is it kind of like looks at the interior world and kind of listens to it and lets it speak. Um Yeah, he really
0: uh I don't I mean I know so little about it right now because I need to actually read it but I want to read some other stuff first, but it's like, uh, yeah, it, it, he treated it, I guess, like he was trying to explore, like an explorer would explore the realm of the under the you know deep sea or something and yeah. he's like doing it with his consciousness and diving down as far as he can into it which i think uh is very interesting but it also my understanding is it differs entirely even the idea of diving into your unconscious as though it is this other realm or there is this like other world that is present with us that's unconsciously manifesting that doesn't seem uh even that seems like a huge step away from um from Freud and um,
1: uh, Lacan and all that? Well, I mean, the funny thing is they both emphasize dream work. Um, it's just uh, Jung has this idea that the unconscious dreams, so he has this idea of, that the unconscious itself has kind of archetypal dimensions. But, but, but funny enough, one of the things that brings them together, Freud and Jung, is the importance of the dream. I had a friend mm-hmm. tell me a dream recently. This is a good example, right? Friend told me a dream, and she was about to get on this transport, Let's call it a plane. I'm going to change a couple of details, so whatever. But um, get on this plane to to go away. And on this plane, the pilot um, who had this particular aspect on their wearing on their clothing um, seemed horrible and was driving this person away from her family. And going like, oh, this is really interesting because the plane. We talked about the plane being kind of like moving away from family responsibilities over to a new land to be able to kind of like pursue something new. The element that was on the pilot reflected this person's uh, uh, alter ego. Right. So they have a celebrity name and a personal name. So it was their celebrity name. And the dream basically was able to this tell this person
0: who who is dreaming has themselves a yes.
1: So they have a they have a they have a like a public name that they use for doing their public stuff, and they've got their own name. And so the 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 element now it was all very hidden, but it, ultimately you, you decode it, and this pilot was taking this person away from their family to somewhere else, and the dream basically. You could see was a way of going like this person was conflicted between their family responsibilities and their desire to public persona, and that there was a certain dislike of the side of them that was was trying to pull them away from their family. Anyway, the point is the dream was not just oh this weird thing I almost got onto a plane and and my family couldn't get onto the plane because it was just leaving and this this pilot was this indiv- you know this separate person like once you start to decode it you're like oh my goodness this gives me an insight into mm-hmm. my own struggles
0: yeah it's all very fascinating it's also i mean my understanding of a lot of that would be you would remove your own emotional entanglements with the dream when you're analyzing it a little bit so yeah. at, so if you're like i was so stressed out because i couldn't get on the plane and also there was this pilot <laughs> it's like you if you get caught up in the the drama of the dream you can lose track of like if you remove your ego from it you can then just see like there's this this okay that what could that be that if i stop panicking about getting on the plane what could that pilot actually be and then you can actually
1: yeah and also you can you can get caught up in the narrative of the dreams not that important it's like the the little elements so that's why people can't find it very hard to interpret their own dreams because yeah they get caught up in like, for example, you're everybody in your dream. So you, someone, somebody might get caught up in, oh, there were three people in my dream. There's not really three people in your dream. There's three yous in the dream, right? Because, you know, there is nobody in the dream, but your own self, your own conscious and unconscious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people get caught up in, a whole pile of like uh, false flags and weird things. So, yeah, but, but it's yeah. super
0: interesting because, um, the red book, there's people who say, you you know, you can do your own red book. You can journal dream journal and you can dive into all that. I like doing that. Um, or at I like the idea of it. I don't really do it. You do, you do have your arts and crafts night, I have my arts night, and crafts yeah. night, but here's what I did start doing Ooh. because they say that, it can happen in the state, um, I forget the term for it, it's between dreaming and, uh, or between awake and sleep. Oh, yeah, that, that twilight. Not twilight, song. but yeah, yeah it yeah, is like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, like, night terrors happen, which I've experienced. Oh, the, yeah. I've had the demons, I've seen the demons. Um, that shit's terrifying.
1: Yeah, so, so for someone who's got psychotic structure, which you don't, but that, that space is terrifying because that's where the real Ooh, ghouls, and kind of yeah, yeah. ghouls and goblins yeah that's ghouls and
0: goblins real ghouls and goblins they live amongst us there's nothing you can do to uh at least in my experience when i experienced what i experienced i was like there's nothing that can convince me that that wasn't that that didn't happen yeah. it was crazy yeah but if i'm not a psychotic person so yeah if i was a psychotic person i imagine it would be a lot more uh a lot scarier but even just since then, I've been taking little notes, and I'll be like falling asleep, and I'll see something that like I tr- I know wasn't something I was thinking of because it was right when I was drifting off, and I've been taking it and writing it down. And it's oh, so pretty that's very good
1: because um, yeah, that stuff you can get really weird and interesting insights into yourself. <laughs> I haven't gotten anything
0: except I saw a dude with red hair and a red beard and a nice suit in a circle with other people, and he seemed like a really fun guy. I've never seen this guy before, and then also I saw myself, but I had yellow eyes. Okay!
1: Wow, we could we
0: could yellow cat-like that. eyes, yeah. yellow what? cat-like eyes. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, so maybe. yeah. Boo. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, there's there's Ooh. lots and there's I I always like to whenever you listen to someone the in their dreams, so you say fungi, you go like, oh, that sounds like fungi, and that sounds like fungi. You know, f- well, fungi, lessons. no, well, <laughs> fungi is in m- mushrooms, and uh you know, you can make really interesting, like yeah, the the.
0: <laughs> The, phon- the phonetic connection. Yeah. Phonetic you, connections
1: are important. So there's a few different, condensation's important, phonetic connections are important. It's, it's like, it's once you open yourself. Condensation? Condensation, which where were like, yeah, two concepts are like condensed into one. So oh, a word will have people like. People are sweating.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the, yeah, the condense and metaphors. And so I, I love it because you can listen and then you just free associate and you, you can very quickly like, get some big insight. The free
0: association is the part that makes it the weirdest when you just yeah. start going, maybe this music. Oh, there it is. It's so crazy. The yeah. brain is yeah. a fascinating wonderland.
1: But the thing about Jung and the different, yeah, Jung felt the here's the funny thing is right. Without getting too deep into it, the different, one of the differences between kind of the analytical psychology of Jung and psychoanalysis is not that Jung believed in the collective unconscious it's that he believed in the personal unconscious, because in a way the unconscious is collective, right? That's what, but, but the big difference is Jung did feel, as you know, that, that there are uh, certain kind of primordial uh, forms that don't reflect your own struggles in the world, but rather reflect something of humanity. And that yeah, and then that gets us mm-hmm. into this. And it, and it is really interesting. So Jung kind of did notice that like themes like mother, father, child, hero, wise woman, mm-hmm. wise man, all like snakes. Jester, wise. Jester, game. trickster, yeah. Like that these um he was he was kind of trickster. like observing that magician. Yeah, these come up. And, yeah.
0: uh They yeah. um the whole concept of the archetype thing is uh it's very interesting and I don't know where the line is but between I can see both how he came to that conclusion I can see how it has weight and I can also see how I can understand how sometimes people hear stuff like this and they just go Neh. like I can I can yeah. understand how people kind of turn away from that because it's kind of a out there idea because it basically It's out there a little until you think about it. You're like, no, that kind of does make sense. I mean, the whole argument is that like we developed language after we developed an ability to survive, you know, because it's just, you know, we were around before that and we carried with us like certain things in our brains that have allowed us to continue to procreate and survive. Uh, And I can understand on an evolutionary level how we as a species could have developed myths and stories as a way to push ourselves forward. Yeah.
1: And and I like I agree like I think he was onto something like very 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 important. My thing is that the structural anthropologist Lévi-Strauss gives an an a, an interpretation of why these myths it seem to have some sort of similar structure that actually does justice to what Jung sees but but puts it in a different language. So at some stage what, what, I, we should do. Uh, I, I'll be bringing that yeah. subject to. Can you the give next. a little piece of it? Yeah. So so Levi Strauss basically argued, and he like he was like the you know really the greatest anthropologist twentieth century big intellectual figure. But he argued that every myth, right? There's t- you know, tens of thousands of myths, right? All these myths, and he studied like in one of his books, there's over eight hundred myths he looks at. Where he says all myths can be boiled down to a basic formula and it's a basic formula of oppositions and contradictions that for that mythology is a way for a society to to wrestle with a certain certain set of contradictions and then Levi-Strauss says that so contradiction is what basically all myths share and because of that we'd never, like, that's why there's a similarity between mm-hmm. myths and even scientific research is because actually it's not, the similarity is not in the content. It's not in the images. The similarity is in what the myth is attempting to overcome.
0: And how is that similar to, to science?
1: Is that what you're saying? Well, similar to Jung's collective unconscious in a way, because it's saying that it's not just like before levi Strauss. it was like myths are, are understood historically. They develop out of a certain community. They tell Mm -hmm. you maybe a moral tale or, you know, whatever, or or tell you about creation. But Levi-Strauss says, no, there's a, there's a universal, like basically there's a, there's a grammar. There's a grammar to mythology. And so even though just like movies on Netflix, there's millions of movies, but they all fit under comedy, action, horror, right? They've got underlying structures. He says that mythology can manifest in an infinite variety of ways but all mythology is attempting to do the same thing and that connects with with Jung because that means that when we connect with the unconscious grammar of our lives we're going to find that that resonates with someone in a in a in a some sort of Aboriginal tribe, yeah, you know, even though we're so separate, as and, if we're all connected. Yeah, we're all connected. So
0: because but you're saying it's born out of the contradiction, and yeah, the, and Jung says the contradiction is uh, like a, a product of the the like. It seems like you're, yeah, you're yeah. or Strauss. I think I know what I'm saying. It seems like. Strauss is saying he's basically would be a more Freudian person and he's yeah. taking that contradiction and he's going, if this is true, like hypothesis, if the the core of the Freudian Lacanian thing, which is contradiction, is the basis for everything, then how does that explain Jung's uh, observations?
1: Yes. Yeah. So because Jung basically was correctly exploring and observing this weird sense in which we're all connected through these kind of mythologies. Um, and so it's, it's attempting to kind of like then delve into, w- you know, why that is. And so Jung and Levi-Strauss go a slightly different direction. But, but how do
0: you explain the Beetle? The Beetle? The, m- the car? Beetle, the what? The car? No, the, the Beetle. Be- uh, no, the, yeah, the Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> how
1: is the engine in the back? <laughs> uh, how do Magnus work? How do Magnus work? <laughs> How do you explain it?
0: Uh, no, the beetle. He's uh, the story of him. Jung is and his oh. patient or whatever as the dream of the beetle and da, 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 da. Tell
1: me that one. I don't know if I know so, that.
0: Yeah, he's, she's got. She's very closed off. Uh, his patient. She thinks that you know. She's very rationalistic. She's very like. She doesn't believe in any of the foo y stuff. And she's um, she's she's uh, logical. And she's explaining to him a dream in which she sees this beetle. Um, very colorful big beetle and it does whatever and flies around and then as she's explaining it in historically in the office the similar beetle basically the same beetle but it was the closest relative to that beetle that currently that existed in I think Zurich and it looked exactly the same and mm-hmm. it was a rare beetle even in, in Zurich, and he opened the window, grabs the beetle, uh, tosses it at her, and is like, "There's your beetle." And I guess it was like the same exact, like it looked exactly like from her dream, and she had like sort of a uh, breakthrough, for lack of a yeah, better yeah, word, I mean, in yeah. which she was then more open to the mysteries of life rather than thinking that she had to fit, have it all figured out.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know that because I, have read, um, I've read a bit of Jung, and I've heard other I haven't done with that example. So that's cool. So she's basically explaining this beetle experience. And and there is a real beetle that he's able to grab in that moment. In that moment, the yeah. Let me look it up. You she has that. Breakthrough. No, it's a Beetle.
0: Scare a beetle. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Um uh, it's synchro- Yeah, he was talking about synchronicity. This is different than the archetype thing, but it, it is. It oh ties yeah, synchronicity.
1: Ah, yeah, that's it. But that's an interesting. That's definitely going to be one that we're going to talk about. We can talk about now as well. Synchronicity,
0: yeah. dude. That's you'll you can't you can't convince me on that one. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. I'll tell you right now. That's going to be the thing because yeah. I've had too. You know, I've had too many weird things. I've had too yeah. many weird things.
1: Yes. No. And, and I, I don't and have the I option think, of not believing. Yeah. And that that's true for so not not for everybody, but for many people. And um, my myself included, you know. You've you, had some weird ones. Oh yeah, I've had lots of weird ones that I haven't even talked about in my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, so you know, so what what is it when we see or whenever these weird Here events we go. occur? Yeah.
0: Um. A young woman of high education and serious demeanor entered Jung's office. Jung could see that her quest for psychological change was doomed unless he was able to succeed in softening her rationalist shell with a somewhat more human understanding. He needed the magic of coincidence. He asked for it, searched his surroundings for it. He remained attentive to the young woman while hoping something unexpected and irrational would turn up. As she described a golden scarab, a costly piece of jewelry she had received in a dream the night before, he heard a tapping on the window. Okay, so I guess her thing was a... And, uh, or whatever, in the shape of a beetle. He looked and saw a green-lit, a gold-green glint. Jung opened the window to coincidence. He plucked a scarab beetle out of the air. The beetle, closely resembling the golden scarab, was just what he needed or just what she needed. Here's your scarab, he said to the woman as he handed her a link between her dreams and the real world. Jung oh, saw yeah. a need for human oh, understanding yeah. to break through his patient's resistance to his treatment.
1: Yeah. To that's, that's actually interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good that
0: it's also really good therapy it's like smart therapy
1: yeah 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 so he like so for him and like not knowing the history but he basically has ascertained that this woman is so closed off in her own interior world and felt that he needs to make some sort of connection between the exterior world and her interior world and this event was able to kind of like uh Open something up, yeah. No, that's that. Yeah, that's an intervention in psychoanalysis. That's a that's a that's a cool one. There's a that's beautiful cool. one Lacan does. It's slightly different, but and I, I can't remember because it's a French word. I can't remember what the French word is. But this this woman who had a trauma, uh, she'd been in the death camps and uh, she was Jewish, and the Gestapo, uh, you know, had, had tortured her. There's a trauma from from all of that, and. I think I think this is correct. I'll need to look this up, but there was a certain point when she was talking about the Gestapo and Lacan just leaned over to her and bre- gently brushed her cheek, just gently brushed her cheek. And in French, there's something about the gentle brushing or something that sounds like Gestapo. Mm. There's a, so the, the two words, with this one word that was full of trauma, that was full of difficulty, in this moment, just this, this inter- intervention, he did this act and... That sound, the sound of Gestapo changed and she was just, and she had this breakthrough. Um, So anybody who's listening to this and who wants to look that up, just look up the word Gestapo Lacan in YouTube and you can see the interview because I may have got the wording wrong, but but that was, he basically was able to take a word and just change it. In her in her psyche that that can connected us with something fundamentally different and beautiful, it's beautiful. and tender. It's beautiful, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's 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 wonderful, especially in times I think when. And then I, this, I think, to bring it full circle, is again why this podcast hopefully is 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 somewhat, um, you know, beneficial a little. But I feel like people right now are so isolated uh, that any kind of um, puncturing of that. Feeling or that feeling of complete separation from the outside world could be somewhat beneficial, regardless of how it uh, comes across. But yeah, that it's so because we get all jammed up, and then somebody brushes your cheek, and that word yeah. is like, and then all of a sudden, you're just like,
1: That's all I, I, I needed. Need you too. I should look it up. have well, my phone's not here. I can look yeah. it up. Let's I'll see. Up. Let's see if oh, I can. Yeah. If uh, you can
0: riff, and then yes. we won't have because God forbid we have any dead air. You <laughs> know, Lacan. well, here, by the way,
1: this is this has been interesting because a word is going to talk about the future of the fundamentalists, talking about. Um, Dreams. I think this is kind of the theme is like how to listen to your dream. A story from Lacan's practice. Oh, I'm yeah. Thinking this is going to be it? I'm gonna, just going to play oh. the audio on here. Oh, it might be in French.
0: It probably will be. <laughs> that yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. One day in a session, I was telling Lacan about a dream I had. And I told him, I wake up every morning at five o'clock. And I added, It's at five o'clock that the Gestapo came. To get the jews in their houses at that moment lacan jumped up from his chair came towards me and gave me an extremely gentle caress on my cheek i understood it as a geste a pow the gesture he had transformed the gestapo into geste a pow i don't know how to say it a very tender gesture it has to be said an extraordinarily tender gesture and that surprise it didn't diminish the pain, but it made it something else. Uh, the proof now, forty years later, when I recall that gesture, I can still feel it on my cheek.
1: I it. "So I think it was, I oh. think it's a phrase, Gestapo, but it was, Gestapo.
0: It was a gesture as well, which was an appeal to humanity, something like that.
1: Yeah, wonderful. So I so it's mean, this wonderful. Little, these little these little moments that can actually change the entire trajectory of your life, like so the beetle. For Jung, that moment that that changed her, mm-hmm. um, and for this woman who was in her 80s, I think when that interview is recorded, just that, I guess in French, some sounds like Gestapo, this this, Which, this gentle caress.
0: The difference that the the, the uh, I think argument for hard or maybe less hard but more ethereal, fufu-y, uh union w- z- would be that you my understanding is that synchronicity like that can happen when you are under an immense amount of stress like this person was or like that woman was she's completely closed off and you are your guard gets lowered for a moment in such a way that all of that energy that psychic energy that you've built up by being closed off by being stressed out by being tormented by this memory or whatever causes a sort of uh, release into the world that causes the universe itself to react to what's going on in your inner world. So the difference is that <laughs> Jung, Jung would go, no, you're, you actually affected the outside world. You actually affected the beetle, yeah. and in some weird
1: way. Well, yeah, this is right. So this is the difference, but similarly, because because like I would, as a Hegelian, whatever, say that there's a real insight into what Jung's saying there, which is we we do we are part of the universe that we perceive and in a way we are the universe perceiving itself. Mm -hmm. We are the universe listening to itself. We are not something separate from the universe. We kind of are but weirdly that separation is within the universe itself. So again I always feel that Jung's kind of close to something but the difference is then Jung is making as you say this claim potentially at times in his life that, um, that, that we can psychically influence the world and there's some truth to that but here's the difference i guess the difference is if you're a psychotic individual for example you feel this all the time like a psychotic person is caught up in synchronicity Mm -hmm. like they see everything everything And, and the funny thing about a psychotic individual is everything is a sign but they don't know what it's a sign of so if you're a psychotic individual and you see a child eating a purple lollipop and you suddenly feel that that purple lollipop is telling you something, and you don't know what it is, but you know it's a sign, you know it's a communication to you, um, but you're not exactly sure what the communication is. Like there is a certain way, like for a psychotic person, like they feel that they they've been implanted with. They do. M- they feel all of that. But, but that's real. That is real for
0: them, right? Yeah. yeah but, and
1: it is the, the real.
0: But I do wonder. I mean, it sounds like you're saying that you're grouping it all into the psychotic. Whereas, what about because Jung? This is fun. We're gonna have yeah, fun yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jung would talk about the individuation process, right? Yeah. So the the people who oftentimes I think experience moments of synchronicity could be psychotic or they could actually be on the opposite end of the spectrum yes. and be a little bit
1: more. Yeah. I don't think, no, I, I think synchronicity is everyone experiences it. It's just the extreme example is someone who mm-hmm. they feel like, for example, the Jew, the Jewish conspiracy is real, right. Or, or there is a deep state that's surveilling us or whatever it is. It's like, it's as real as the beetle. Now, most people aren't like that. Mm-hmm. So, but my thing is, for in en- en- psychoanalysis, it's best just to bracket it out. So, for Freud, it's not a question of whether it's real or not. The question is, you just assume it's real. It's like being a, a kind of literalist, like a like a religious, a fundamentalist. You take it mm-hmm. as absolutely real, but you bracket out whether it really happened or not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The like, reality talking, of it is yeah. less important than the effect yes, it has. Yes, the effect the is that that that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the thing. So, for me, when I hear about the beetle, you know, maybe as a philosopher, I'm interested in. Probability and et cetera, et cetera. But as a psychoanalytically interested, I'm just going, oh, that was a beautiful. Uh, let's let's understand what happened to her in that event, and bracketing out the question of, of like whether she actually affected a beetle, yeah. which I think is very hard. I mean, that that film for me, that is difficult. Which I don't this even know that a
0: union um, would say that they should no, directly yeah. affect you. No, I don't beetle. think he would. Yeah. I think the argument is more like we are essentially swimming in a consciousness, uh, a sea of consciousness, and yes. we're little fishies ro- roaming around. So it would make sense if you imagine it that way, that that beetle at that time uh, flew that direction for whatever reason, that the beetle absolutely was not, you know, deciding to go over there. It wasn't yeah, flicked yeah, on that direction. It wasn't, you know, it was... But... <clears throat> all very fascinating and I think that it's very the stuff about whether or not it was a coincidence and whether or not it was you know real or part of the collective unconscious separating that from uh, the like benefit that the patient has that's the
1: interesting thing that's great yeah yeah,
0: Yeah. because if you can I think it's not fun to talk about the other stuff, unless you can also talk about how cool it is that anything helps anybody ever.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Just> like the <laughs> fact that
0: it could be a beetle or a caress on the cheek or something, and it can be so simple and so easy. And it it's, uh, that part's wonderful.
1: That's, I mean, that's the miracle for me. It's like, that's where like, um, you know, you know in a religious sense, miracles are not physical things because that's just interesting. It, you know, a miracle is, you know, you know that phrase, the, the revolution will not be televised. Mm-hmm. I mean, The point of that phrase is because the revolution is a transformation in your being, and you can't televise that. You can't record a change in someone's subjectivity, right? You can record someone's leg being healed. You can record some event like that, but you can't record a change in someone's. Is that really what that phrase means? I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, yeah, the revolution will not be televised because the revolution is in your mind. The revolution is.
0: That might explain a certain level of uh, anxiety as a social media present person of being like, why, did I not, why do I not feel because yeah, if I'm yeah. going through an internal shift or other people are going through internal shifts, there's no way to communicate you that. You can't on see the that.
1: There's a beautiful pa- Jewish parable about the rabbi of Ger. I mean, this might be vaguely based on truth, but supposedly during the Second World War, this rabbi um, escaped Nazi Germany, came to Britain and was able to meet with um, with Winston Churchill. And this is before the British were part of the war effort. And they have a conversation, and Winston Churchill listens to the rabbi, and hears what's going on, and says, "Well, wh- what would you like us to do? Like, what can we do?" And the rabbi said, "Well, there's two solutions to the problem. There is the natural and the supernatural." And he says, "The natural solution would be if you know ten thousand angels descend from heaven with flaming swords mm-hmm. and defeat the Nazi war machine." And he says, but the supernatural solution would be if 10,000 Englishmen parachuted into Germany and freed and liberated the prisoners. And the reason for this parable is going like, the first is natural because if 10,000 the angels descended, you would see them. You'd see the flaming swords, the, you'd feel it. So it's in the natural realm of being. But if the British changed their attitude, that's supernatural because you can't see that. If, te- if the British that's actually the real get it that's the real miracle. And so, again, that's why I'm saying is like, you know, let's bracket out w- what made the, the beetle be there because the real miracle, as you say, is the caress on the chin or the cheek and the beetle being brought in at that moment Yeah, was what what changed. And, like, it's so amazing to think, how do we change? It's so almost impossible, but it happens. It happens,
0: and like instantaneously and simply, yeah. And when when, when you're least expecting it, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the miracle thing of being like, okay, I can get behind the possibility, I can get 100 percent behind the existence of miracles. That makes sense. When, but it gets a lot more boring when people start turning miracles into proof of x y and z like oh how can you have that happen and not believe in this that and it's like well no that's not the point the point is that miracles happen and they in, in and of themselves can be a uh, can transform yeah. someone
1: even like even in confessional religion the miracles within say christianity are never the event so for example feeding the 5000 or with 15000 probably cuz but um that that idea is not the miracle the miracle is that this describes a way that society can operate in which we can look out for one another in which we want everyone to be fed everyone to be cared for so every physical miracle within say the the biblical tradition is only a way of setting up the real miracle which is what a world looks like mm-hmm. in which there is healing and beauty and care and uh you know because it wouldn't be considered for like a theologian a miracle if just something happens that is Uh, contrary to our everyday experience of reality. It has to, it's only a miracle when it points to a type of way of being in the world, a type of interaction in which healing and love and depth arise. Let's pray. (laughs) Dear Lord, thank you for... <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, that <laughs> was great yeah. Yeah. that was very fun yeah. well
0: let's do more of these podcasts Pete what do you say
1: yeah let's, let's
0: try it um, I mean do you have a takeaway I mean that seems no like that, a yeah that was
1: the good that was the takeaway for me guys what thank I mean?
0: you so much please uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you haven't feel free to leave us a review we're back we're going to be doing more it's going to be very exciting we'll see how this experiment goes <laughs> Yeah, um, you may not hear from us for a while for a while <laughs> this might be the last one it's been a good <laughs> run um, yeah. no we're going to be, be there and let us know also any kind of subjects you guys uh, topics you guys would like us to talk about I know some people have mentioned sort of the political divide which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, and the widening disparity between uh, people right now Um, people here are right and the people here are wrong right us and everyone else (laughs) Um, he ever ever, the us is exactly (laughs) yes all of us collectively (laughs) Um, cool well thank you so much thanks Pete bye everybody